0: And we're back. Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records Punk Goes Ellipses series. Oh man, I nearly fell off there. Um, And we also decide if they're good or not.
1: Yeah. That'll do. It be good. It yeah. be bad. Goodbye. Um,
0: yeah. I guess that's the problem when you just use the exact same wording every intro is it's bound to go
1: wrong at some point. We like, should take a page out of Santa Banta's book how um Jason Santa Jason has introduced the podcast saying like with a with a message lets you know what it is gives you a bit of a f- warning if you're a child that you know you might lose the the uh belief in Santa Claus mm-hmm. and then it just gets into it. yeah and so it's just it's just it's just like that but then I also like that we alternate between introdu- introductions. Yeah, so. me too. I uh, I almost said introductions, so it's. I'm distracted. Yeah. Because someone's cooking something for dinner, and I can smell it, and I... it smells good.
0: It's one of those... I feel like once I pointed that out, now neither of us can stop thinking about it, mm. and it does.
1: And we're 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 recording just before dinner.
0: Yeah, it's man that yeah.
1: I was reading today, and it's um, at, at some point like just the overwhelming smell of cinnamon hit my nostrils. Huh. And I just wanted a cinnamon scroll so badly, I couldn't concentrate on reading anymore.
0: Maybe if you sleep on it, and you're still craving a cine scroll in the morning, we can go, go through for a walk. walk.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's a yeah. I hate that thing where it's like, oh, just have a glass of water and reassess. It's like, but I still want it. Like yeah. I'm never not going to want a delicious morsel of food as soon as it's entered my mind. Um,
1: I'm uh, I'm the spoiled rich girl from Willy Wonka. I don't care. I want it now. <laughs> what is now, Daddy?
0: Daddy, Daddy.
1: I yeah, just I have such a powerful love for cinnamon scrolls.
0: They really are wonderful.
1: And that was kind of my segue into this week's song, The Power of Love, by Huey Lewis and the News, as covered by the early November for Punk Goes 80s. Beautiful. But before we get into it, something a little bit fun happened within the last couple of weeks. And that was. Um,
0: oh my god! Yes, I've just looked at the show notes. I was like, "Where are you going with this?"
1: Former, I guess he's still a rapper. Like he's not quit, absolutely. He's yes. not quit rapping, but like he's also like, I like that he could do like both. He could have like.
0: Get you a man who does both.
1: Yeah, like Machine Gun Kelly. Um, I like the idea that he could like next year he might release a rap album, and the year after he might release a pop punk album again. Mm. Um, so, he put out. Uh, I, I quote unquote musical for <laughs> for his album tickets to my downfall called Downfall's High.
0: It is. I'm obsessed with it.
1: I I say quote unquote musical because it is more a very long music video. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: It's an hour long music video. The it, way I look at it. With, yeah. With some like interludes in between.
0: It's yeah. Like, for all the people that were sort of like, oh, the American Idiot musical is a bit of a reach. It's like, "Mm, you haven't seen this one. This one is a reach. Like, there is maybe ten minutes of, like, actual dialogue spliced in between the songs, but it's very ham-fisted. Like, this is not a concept album from the beginning, so it doesn't necessarily make sense that it then got... Repackaged into a musical mm. Essentially like Just a YouTube event And like I thought it was Great Like it's terrible But like the aesthetics It's so
1: bad But we had such a good time Watching it
0: The aesthetics are just so good Yeah Like the colour palette Is just ace Like Cause Machine Gun Is like Essentially Borrowed the same sort of Baby pink Teal Sort of colour palette From like Essentially Blink-182's. Blink 182s yeah self-titled album. Yeah. Like, all of his merch at the moment is, like, Baby Pink. His guitar's Baby Pink. Like, the whole aesthetic is just gorgeous. Mm. But it's just... Yeah, it makes no sense. But I just... I thoroughly enjoyed myself. And then it's basically just Machine Gun and Travis just standing around looking cool like, in, how, like, really inopportune places.
1: How much do you think Travis was in his element with this one? Like, he's working... <laughs> he's doing a... a an extremely long film clip with a rapper on like a post, like a pop punk, post pop punk album, and he got to produce it. Yeah, like how happy was he about this? Do you think?
0: I like Travis is thriving at the moment. Like he's just started a new label, he's, DTA Records. Like he's just
1: started dating one of the Kardashians. He,
0: ha- I know, he's just living his best life. Like, yeah, step aside, Kanye. Like he is the new. Um, external plant in the Kardashian Oof. lineage, but um, Jeez. yeah. What well, I don't I didn't mean that as mean. No,
1: but it's it's, it's true. It, 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 like you, but what would they what would they be getting? at? I could see like why they would like sort of like try and get into like black culture and that sort of thing with Kanye, but like what would they get out of Travis Barker?
0: I guess just that sort of. It's, to me, it's, like, the same as back in the day when bloody, like, I don't know, Sophie Monk and, um... Benji Madden? Well, yeah, like... The other Madden. Yeah, the other Madden. And then, like, Nicole Richie and Joel. Like, to me, it's just that same sort of dynamic all over again of, like, we're from two different universes, but we make it work, like...
1: And I guess in, like, keeping on that theme, Benji Madden and Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that, like... Look, this could be it, I guess, but also I also thought he was in a happy
1: marriage. I don't know. Like, God no,
0: him and um, I think her name's like Shanna, Shauna or something. Yeah, yeah, they've been divorced for bloody ages.
1: And it's just, it's just, it was just fun. Especially I, I go back to this a lot, but the choreog choreograph, oh
0: God, vomit yes. dancing
1: or vomiting into into toilets. I'm trying while, to remember what um. While Travis is his drum stool is a toilet.
0: It was. Wonderful, I can't remember which um song that was, but yeah, it just yeah, Travis Barker drumming on a toilet like while seated on a toilet, yeah, <laughs> it just and
1: like. <laughs> The entire thing, he's just stone-faced. Oh, yeah. As well, because that's his thing. Like, he doesn't smile. Well, it just it oh. takes me
0: back to the dude you've been saying that ever since we were Blink-12. Like, he just yeah. has no acting chops whatsoever. Yeah. But God damn it, does he love a good cameo appearance yeah. and things. Like, I'm... Yeah. I'm oh, it wasn't even a cameo. He
1: was, he was the drummer. Like, he but, was... Yeah. Yeah, as much... A, sort of almost as much a part of it as Machine Gun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I... Yeah, I'm just obsessed with it. Like, it's just the... It's sort of like a—I don't know—like a year eleven, year twelve, like media project, like on steroids. Because mm. it's just, yeah, there is a very vague sort of narrative happening in the background, but mostly it's just look how cool this looks.
1: Because was it that they they produced it all in four days, or they wrote it all in four days?
0: I think. Um, oh, I can't remember. I think it was four days that. They took to write it, maybe. Yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. that
1: like. <laughs> well, it's not even could have even been done in a day. It's essentially the storyline is the unpopular, I guess you'd call him punk kid, yeah, who's played by a TikToker. Yes. Um,
0: I forget his name. Yeah,
1: he isn't a very good actor in it. No one's a very good actor. No. Um, he.
0: I think that goes with the territory if you're a TikTok actor.
1: Yeah. Sorry to my oldest nephew, if, <laughs> if you're looking into getting into TikTok acting. Tick tocking, um, and so he gets into a relationship with the popular girl.
0: Yes, against all
1: odds. Against all odds, and it is—it's sort of like, oh man, are they just doing Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Yes, but no, because she gets pregnant. They break up. Yes. Get back together. She buys him a guitar.
0: Spoiler alert, but also still watch it because you're really oh. not, we're not spoiling much anyway.
1: But yeah, she gets a guitar for him, tapes it up in pink.
0: Yes, it's beautiful.
1: And then, oh, it turns out that's Machine Gun Kelly's guitar. Yes. Um, and yeah, so she's pregnant. He doesn't find out until later, but then she dies.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And he's very sad about it.
0: While she's on her way to get an abortion, I think. I
1: think. Yeah.
0: It's super, um Yeah. It's not the most, um what's the word? Sensitive. Yeah. Like it's very sort of TikTok. Like this is exactly like those trends where it's like, Oh, I'm gonna imagine what it was like to be Aunt Frank and it's just like some person. Oh like,
1: yeah, no, that's that's depressing. Like, that's like deeply upsetting. Yeah. yeah. Like
0: it's that's incredibly like way worse, but this is just that same sort of very surface level, like, oh, how sad. Like, And then it just kind of says a lot when, like, popular girl dies in a car accident. (laughs) The next shot is the ambulance and Travis and machine gun (laughs) just leaning against it, just (laughs) vibing, like...
1: (laughs) Did he get arrested or something, like, the next day his friend bails him out and they're just, like, high-fiving, like, as they're greeting and then <laughs> it's just like <laughs> like everything is normal until it's not. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I heard that he sleeps at her grave every night. And then of course there's like <laughs> there's like a bit of him like going to the graveyard with his with his safety blanket and like yeah. lying next to the to the grave, which is just it's just a a hill with wooden crosses,
0: all of them pink except for maybe the girls, which is white. But I think yeah. they're just pink and. Then, <laughs> And again, like and Travis, just drumming in the background.
1: This stone-faced <laughs> Travis Barker is like the headstone, I guess, <laughs> like the keeper of the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he's the drummer boy that walks you to the river sticks. It's just
0: like, the dumbest. <laughs> but, like, <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> like I think my favourite bit is so that he starts a band. Yes, with his friend, they get another kid who plays drums, and. They do a show, and so he's got his guitar, but he's holding the microphone in his hand? Yeah, yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Why aren't you playing this guitar? You're just a (laughs) fucking poser.
0: Oh, and then... Oh, so good. They're practicing. Drummer, like, does some sort of drum thing, which is obviously just part of a track. And then, oh, you're almost as good as Travis Barker. (laughs) It's just like, fuck me, like it's just the funniest like and I love how sincere it is like it's not (laughs) ironic at all and in that sense like despite it being so on the nose I find it endearing because like Machine Gun like 100% backs this like he's got merch for it like he you
1: almost bought merch for it. I
0: still probably will buy merch for it because it's just amazing
1: you have to you have to buy the shirt and it's incredible it's just a black and white picture of Travis Barker and Machine Gun Kelly and it, the caption just says whores in
0: like beautiful cursive print it's wonderful it just <laughs> <I know>. wh- <laughs> he like say what you want about like he has a sweet merch line like yeah i just I'm obsessed with this album I'm obsessed with the musical like it's just the
1: dumbest I will say this if this replaced Hamilton I would be <laughs> I would be so stoked. I know it's not going to because I saw you were even listening to Hamilton yesterday while we were at Richard S. He's house.
0: Yes, shout out to
1: Richard. Um, but like it's just, it's just so bizarre as well because like he doesn't look like a pop punk dude, Machine Gun Kelly. No. Like, none of the dress is, none of the clothing, and like he goes, they both go through heaps of wardrobe changes. In yeah, this. yeah. Um, at no at no point is it like is he wearing the sickies and the big shorts or the big, nah. like, socks or anything like that. But I also said to you, like, I I like that out of the two guys, he's the one that's refrained from getting a face tattoo. Yeah. He's a, he's a good looking dude. Like, don't ruin your face with a face tattoo.
0: Well, like, because he does modeling. Like, we had this conversation off mic, obviously, but, like, I suspect the reason he hasn't got a face tat yet is... Because he has a pretty solid, like, modelling slash, I think, acting at times career.
1: I would not be shocked if you were to look it up. There would be dudes with face tattoos that are models.
0: Oh, there absolutely would yeah. be. But, like, yeah, I think that sort of, to me, is, like, the final frontier of, like, you are no longer, like, a pretty mm. dude by trade. And that's not me diminishing the rest of his talents. Like, I fucking think he's great as a musician. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Um, and then, like, insane, like, because he, yeah, this is like his sort of pop punk offering. Makes sense because you've got Travis producing it. I think he produced it. Like, it just has blink fingerprints all over oh, yeah. it. But then also, it's obvious that Machine Gun grew up listening to the same sort of bands that we probably did yeah. here and there, because, like, Body Bag, one of the deluxe tracks. Um, like Machine Gun had to get sign-off from from Pete Wentz and Patrick Stump because it borrows the same... Yeah. From Dance, Dance... Blech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like...
1: And, I mean, he covered Misery Business. He did a song with Burt McCracken. That's the same one, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, but it just, like, he's done his homework. Yeah. And then, like, he's got the right people it, to work with. And then... Like he just he knows how to market himself. Like he mm. knows how to package up these things even though like the narrative is just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like I still a hundred percent like love that yep. like I will gladly watch it again. Oh yeah. Like I want to watch it after we've finished recording. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that might be a stretch.
0: <laughs> but no. That is our book report about Downfalls High. If you haven't seen it yet, it is streaming on YouTube. Yeah. Um it's literally, like, sub an hour, like, just do yourself a favour and watch it.
1: Mm. Absolutely, yeah. It's just, it's terrible, but at the same time, like, as I said, we we had such a good time watching it. And especially, because we, we were watching it from Facebook. Yeah. Streaming it onto our television, and the subtitles oh, were Oh, the just closed captions. Closed with- captions, which we could not get off. We couldn't remove them, but they were so out of just tune with what was going on.
0: I think it was just, um... Like auto generated captions, yeah. so they were just so dumb.
1: The best one that you got is it's just I don't remember for what song, but it's just Machine Gun and Travis just like playing a song, and the caption is just cheese.
0: Yeah, I think between that and then there's a screen or like a shot of Travis drumming, and there's just question marks <laughs> underneath. Like, I was just like, That is an entire mood, I feel that all the time. Um. But no, it is great, but we have literally spent 17 minutes talking about oh. downfalls high and cool. food. Um, so
1: let's move on to Huey, Dewey and Louie and the news..
0: Sweet. Do they do Huey, Dewey, and Louie sing anything in Ducktales?
1: It was Louie, wasn't it? Was the last one? I, Hugh, yeah, Huey, Dewey, and Louie.
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah. Unless it was something like Craig. that
1: was a. I, yeah, I used to. I used to be pretty partial to Ducktales.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I like religiously watched it. Um but yeah, no, I thought it was great.
1: I you watch it again and it's like he literally dives into a pool of coins like it's water. He's like swims out and like <laughs> spits out coins like it's a stream of water. It's like wow, huh? That's happening.
0: I mean, if I owned that much money, I'd do the same.
1: But with paper money. No? Maybe coins. I
0: don't know. Like either I have the money to pay for my medical care if I get injured. I I'm want sick. to
1: do it with gold bars. <laughs>
0: That's probably pushing it a bit. Um,
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know. I feel like you wouldn't get as many. It's sort of like that episode of South Park where Cartman has like, like twenty. It's twenty bucks, bucks. and yeah, like changes into notes and he changes into coins and like, yeah. I feel like the gold (laughs) bars would generate the least amount of just surface area of material to dive into, but yeah, because yeah, getting my yet to be. Used Wedding Band last year. It was very expensive just because gold is expensive at the moment and I don't understand investment and assets and stuff.
1: Well, you know what? Uh, Eat the rich. You know what? Gold Member from the movie Gold Member said, I love gold.
0: He sure did. Can you tell us about Huey, please? Yes,
1: yeah, so Huey Lewis and the News, they did form in 1979 in San Francisco. Uh, So a bit of backstory behind what they were doing before that, though. In 1972, Huey Lewis and keyboardist Sean Hooper joined the jazz funk band Clover. After Lewis left, Clover worked briefly as Elvis Costello's backup band. Clover's Clover's main competition in the Bay Area was a band called Soundhole, (laughs) whose members included drummer Bill Gibson, saxophonist-slash-rhythm guitarist Johnny Collar, and bassist Mario Cipollina, Soundhole worked with Van Morrison.
0: I'm just thinking of Carhole. Like, what do you call
1: it? (laughs) Carhole. Oh, the garage! The garage! Hear him, fellas? Oh, so fancy. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, Soundhole's great, though. But in the meantime, Lewis worked with Thin Lizzy playing harmonica on the song Baby Drives Me Crazy.
0: That's so sick.
1: I'm sad that he didn't work with them on The Boys Are Back in Town. I know, he didn't spread the word. Whatever the town is that the lead singer of Thin Lizzy's from, they erected a statue of him.
0: As they should. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway.
1: So in 1978, Lewis joined the previously mentioned band members and Sean Hopper forming Huey Lewis and the American Express (laughs) But had to change their name after getting in trouble with the credit card company, thus Huey Lewis and the News. No kidding. I didn't get like, I didn't sort of figure out where the News part came from, but it's just funny. Like, we'll get to it soon, but like, they get sued for that and then they start suing a lot of people.
0: Oh my god.
1: So throughout their career, they've amassed 19 top 10 singles across the Billboard Hot 100, Adult Contemporary, and Mainstream Rock Charts. Okay, here we go. So in 1984, the band sued Ray Parker Jr. citing similarities between the Ghostbusters song and one of their earlier songs, I Want a New Drug.
0: As in the Who You Gonna Call? Yeah. Uh, okay.
1: They were particularly upset because the movie was very popular, being number one at the box office for three weeks. The case was settled out of court. I listened to these two songs and I didn't quite grasp how they were that similar. Like, similar enough that the Huey and the News could sue Ray Parker Jr. for it?
0: I, hang on. Do you mind if I just have a quick, I did not think to do this thought exercise? No, no. Um, and if need be, I guess you can edit this out and like splice in the two songs.
1: But it's, it's, I, I gather that if Ghostbusters wasn't as popular as it was, they would have just let it go. It's the fact that Ghostbusters was super popular as was then the movie for, uh, Power of Love, Back to the Future. Mm. But yeah, just if it was a dud, I I get the feeling they would have just gone, well, That doesn't matter. All
0: right. I am just putting on I want a new drug so I can try and figure out. I can sort of hear it. Like, it's very... Kind of. And that, like, the... (laughs) Yeah. It's not enough to... I don't think it's enough to
1: have to settle, though. So, yeah, the case, as I said, the case was settled out of court, so they got their money. Uh, However, it was due to this case and meeting the producers that Huey Lewis was able to get involved with Back to the Future. What a
0: fucking grub. Like, just sit down, take a million seats, and just shut up.
1: And then, so they they wrote... They did two songs for the first Back to the Future. Oh. And, because there's also Back in Time, which... Makes more sense for that to be the main theme for Back to the Future, other than rather than the power of love. Yeah, this but movie. this
0: song slaps as we all. Yeah, but like later.
1: it's got nothing to do with going back into like going back to the future. Whatever, that's all right. So Parker Jr. reinstated the lawsuit in two thousand and one after Huey Lewis talked trash about him in a VH1 special. So it was like a VH1 special. Talking about Huey Lewis in the news and the the discussion of this um this lawsuit came up and you just talked smack about Ray Parker Jr. So Ray Parker Jr. was like, "Well, we you know part of the settlement was that we weren't going to talk about this anymore, and now you're talking about it publicly." Oh
0: my god! What? A-
1: I think it was then settled out of court as well. So, though it was revealed in 2004, on the 20th anniversary of Ghostbusters, it was revealed the filmmakers at Columbia Pictures used I Want a New Drug as temporary background music in many scenes. They even asked Huey Lewis and the News to record a song for the movie, but they refused. So they actually, like, in the in the post-production, right. they used that song to sort of get an idea of, you know, scenes and whatnot.
0: Oh, okay. So then... Are we supposed to infer that potentially...
1: Perhaps Ray Parker Jr. heard it and... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, they all sound very silly.
1: Yeah, it, my take it on kind it. of... It kind of... Um, I feel like it wasn't necessary. But anyway... Uh, Why fu- would
0: you not record a song for Ghostbusters?
1: Because Ghostbusters was not... Like at the time, the first Ghostbusters was a huge risk. Okay, Um, sure. Yeah, and it was. I think it was in production hell. Yeah, for a while, like it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Like if it came to uh, Ghostbusters two after the huge success of Ghostbusters one, then I'm sure it probably would have been a different story.
0: Right. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Yes. Uh, 100,000 copies of the American Psycho soundtrack were recalled and destroyed <laughs> as the song Hip To Be Square was released on the album without the band's permission.
0: So, they would have gotten the permission to use it for the soundtrack, though, like the film soundtrack, surely.
1: Apparently not.
0: That's so dumb.
1: Or maybe they did, but then they didn't... They
0: didn't there license might be separate for distribution
1: or something. Licensing for soundtracks. And I'm sure they probably felt like they had to get it because... In the book, he has he writes an essay about yeah. Victory Square, yeah, which doesn't could and couldn't like you didn't you didn't you didn't need to get it because it's literally oh, what was his name that wrote it I can't remember who wrote American Psycho um Brett, Brett something Brett, 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 Brett Easton Ellis. Ellis yeah it's literally he just writes an essay about this song and it's a chapter and then it moves on and it's it's like. Basically, mid-sentence, the chapter ends. And he does that a lot in that book. Yeah. Which just d- drove me crazy. <laughs> it's not... like uh, the, the infamous act scene yeah. does take place, but not while he's listening to Huey Lewis in the news. Right. So, yeah. Uh, Alright, so... Yeah, however, in 2013, Funny or Die put out a video spoofing the infamous American psycho scene with Huey Lewis playing Patrick Bateman... And Weird Al playing Bateman's victim, Paul Allen.
0: Jesus, this Huey guy. like
1: He seems like a bit of a dick, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he just seems like a bit of a money-grabbing... Or just clouch. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Anyway. So, as we've mentioned, the song was written for Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Landed Huey a cameo in the film.
0: Of course it did.
1: And I've also written, Is this what was to blame for his eventual appearance in the movie Duets? And, and the recording of the song with Gwyneth Paltrow
0: Look he probably tried to sue them For something as well So
1: <laughs> It's just like look you might as well just put me in your movie
0: Yeah look put me in your movie Or I'm going to find something to sue you about And then go for it
1: This this is too reminiscent of that time That I was in a karaoke competition So put me in the movie
0: Oh duets Cruisin' was a good song though what Was it? Yes, oh, right. it got, like, surprisingly popular in Australia, I think. It
1: was surprisingly popular, yeah. wasn't it, yeah. Yep. So, the song gave the band their first number one hit on the US Billboard Hot 100, so mm-hmm. f- probably first of their 19.
0: I literally know The Power of Love and Hip to Be Square, and that's it.
1: I know Back in Time. Yeah. Um, and That's, that's yeah. one more than you do.
0: <laughs> like, it blows my mind that they've got 19... Yeah. Hit anyway, please continue. They
1: might be they might be like hugely popular in some way weird like Indonesia or something.
0: Yeah. Or like I think
1: South it's, Africa or.
0: I don't know. I think mm-hmm. well, it also make like they're sort of before our time.
1: Yeah. So the song won favorite single and favorite video single at the 13th annual American Music Awards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the song reached number 1 in Australia, Canada, Japan, and the US. So again, might be like they might be hugely popular in Japan. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But what do you think
1: about the song?
0: I love this song. It's great. Yeah, it's pretty great. It just um sorry, I'm just scrolling through the best of playlist on Spotify and yeah, I have not heard any of these in my life. Or maybe I have and I just didn't know that. Um. Ah, oh, build me up. Is that them? Surely that's a cover. Sorry, I'm just gonna do a real quick fact check. Build me up. Why do you build me? up? Ah,
1: yeah. No, I think that. Yeah. Be a cover. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, that's sad then.
1: Because whoever sang the original did not have his husky tones.
0: No. All right. Um.
1: I have it written on my notes though that Huey Lewis has always looked and sounded like he's 48. <laughs>
0: Exactly 48 Exactly 48 <laughs> I don't For some reason I just picture like If Tim Allen were a singer
1: Yeah Like <laughs> I <don't>
0: know <sighs> um, I don't know
1: You'd hope that maybe um, Huey Lewis has Better political beliefs Than oh, Tim Allen but...
0: Fucking hell um, I just I love this song Like just as soon as It's in with the keys I was like mm. Yes Like Done Sold That
1: is a huge intro Yeah Like just everything Comes in Yeah Yeah
0: um, yeah. Like, some of the lyrics are a bit goofy, but I think I kind of like that because love isn't always, like, is very sort of articulate. Like, yeah,
1: like, case, case in point, needing a credit card to ride a train. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, like, like, I like that it's just, yeah, make a something-something, hang on.
1: I, I love that he's so obviously he so obviously likes money and doesn't like people using his stuff <laughs> um but then he also he also sings about how um he doesn't need any of it for love like he doesn't yeah. he, he would take love over all of it no he wouldn't no he wouldn't <laughs> no it doesn't no
0: it doesn't yeah like i just i don't know like it's just goofy the power of love is a curious thing make a one man weep make another man sing Change a hawk to a little white dove. More than a feeling, that's a power of love. Blah blah blah
1: blah. Like, and it it goes on that sort of tangent a little bit. Like, it's not really a tangent, but just the idea of it can be good to one person, but it can be bad to another person. Yeah, I would still, I would still fall in love, even if I, you know, that's the risk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like it's just, yeah. It's strong and it's sudden, it can be cruel sometimes, but it might just save your lives. It's like, ah, oh.
1: Yeah. It's uplifting.
0: I think the only thing I don't quite get is in the bridge. They say that all in love is fair, but you don't care. I don't get...
1: Yeah, that, uh, that then sounds like a breakup song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um... Yeah. But also, I just... Yeah, I love it. Or like, it well, just... maybe
1: it's like, they say that all in love is fair, mm-hmm. but you don't care, like... I guess like
0: that's like that's irrelevant when it comes down to it, kind of thing. Or it
1: could be like they'll fight dirty to get the one that they want. Like they'll, yeah, it doesn't. They don't care what they have to do to get the person that they that they want. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but no. What do you think? Because I'm not being very articulate about it. This it rules. This is I
1: I think all of their stuff, and it's probably the addition of. The saxophone. they that a saxophone? Yeah. I think so. Saxophonist. It is the epitome of dad rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, even watching the film clip to this, which is, has an unnecessary Back to the Future cameo. Like, Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown pulls up in the DeLorean to a club that that has Huey Lewis and the news playing. And all these people like come in to the, to the DeLorean and he looks like he could not give a shit. That these people are in his car. It's almost mm-hmm. like it's almost like he knows that this, this thing's going to blow up and he's going to kill some people on the on the way. And it's like, what, what's happening here? Oh, there's a band playing. Huey Lewis in the news. He's like, I got to be in there, Marty. And then he goes in and and they drive off in the DeLorean these people out the front and then he's then he's gone for the rest of the film clip
0: it kind of feels like he's phoning it in as well
1: oh yeah he, he is. does
0: not have the same like nervous energy that the doc usually has no he
1: does not he does not have he does not have any of that he's just all like oh
0: don't touch anything like, yeah
1: it's <laughs> like it's like why it's a like, the time machine is a car why don't you just take the keys
0: yeah like fucking <laughs> lock it but he just leaves the doors like wide open like, like,
1: it's powered by plut- plutonium like Fucking take the keys with you. Put a put a steering lock <laughs> on the wheel. It's just such I, a
0: huge set setup for then the rest of the video is just Huey. Yeah. And the news. Yeah.
1: It's. I mean, I I love Back to the Future. I. And Back to the Future too. I adore those movies. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> See, I yeah I don't have that same attachment to them, but he, like it. Even as like a huge fan of them, you can see like it's just kind of a useless endeavor. Oh I mean, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It could have just been it could have just been them playing with with clips of yeah the movie. That would have putting. been
0: cheaper. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: uh, maybe it was part of his contract. And I'm I'm mad that I didn't think of it or we weren't doing this episode earlier because he because Christopher Lloyd who plays the Doc yeah is. Or was on cameo? <laughs> I think he had like a limited run. Yeah, and it's like, oh man, I would have loved to have gotten him to say, "You're listening to Punk Ghost Pod,
0: Marty." He would have half-assed it, probably. I don't care.
1: I don't care. Okay. I yeah. I I, I don't know. I <laughs> I think it's uh, pretty great. I don't know what, but um, no. I just as you said, like the minute it's not even the minute, the like microsecond that those keys come in. It just yeah. has a huge feel to it And I feel like he Even though I mentioned Like he, he's always looked like A 48 year old man And he's a bit of a dad
0: Yeah
1: And whatnot Like he does like Bring that sort of You know His like husky voice Does give it also that punch Yeah That I feel like it needed Yeah um, so, so then in Saying that it doesn't Really need anything Yeah Though I do think The guitar solo Is kind of crap
0: Yeah, I don't really, like, I, um, know that it's there, but I don't think much about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know
1: it's not like, I know it's not like a huge, like, it's not like a metal song or anything like that. But, like, rock and roll bands still pulled out some pretty sweet guitar solos. Yeah. It's, it kind of reminds me of, it's a better version of that song with the crap guitar solo that Richard always does at karaoke. What? You know that one? It's like the the guy wants to go up with the girl but her dad won't. Oh,
0: Rude by Magic. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Why are we talking about Magic? Although I have to admit that I deliberately turned the radio up when I heard it in my car the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck.
1: He goes to an impromptu wedding with his partner wearing a beanie.
0: Ugh, <laughs> that fucking song
1: I want to know Alright, so One of the things that is unrealistic to me About the Back to the Future movies Is the fact that That they, like, it feels like This song It's like a 45 year old It's what a 45 year old thinks Teenagers are into, but doesn't <laughs> get it, it and, Yeah Yeah, cause it's like Cause Marty plays it on his guitar, or in the band, in the Pinheads, his band. Yes. At the start, and that's where Huey Lewis's cameo is in. He plays it on guitar as an adult in the second one. His bully, Needles, played by Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers, okay. is blasting it in his car. It's like, <laughs> you also Bullies had...
0: wouldn't listen to this. <laughs> no, you
1: had... You had, like full-on thrash by 1985. Yeah. Like, you had Metallica, you had Slayer, you had Venom, you had, like, Rap was coming in. I'm pretty sure, like, Run DMC was around by then. Yeah, because they did the song with Aerosmith. And you yeah. had so much other music that's like, teenagers probably won't listen to this.
0: Yeah. At
1: least not the cool ones.
0: It kind of feels like a bit of an industry plant, almost, but it's not. I think it's more just I a... I don't know, it's just... I think I like it so much because I'm not expecting great things from it. Yeah. It's just it's a good time. I
1: just want a video of Huey Lewis and the news playing a prom somewhere and the the kids just don't get it and they yeah. don't and they don't get the kids and it's just, Yeah, like just like this industry plant like who can we get? Well, we got this guy. He looks like he's been chain smoking for the last 35 years. Yeah. Um croons like he, you know, guzzles whiskey every day. I'm sure I'm sure the kids will love him. <laughs> what does he play? Does he does he play, you know, like Van Halen, not better. He plays saxophone rock.
0: My god. I like I guess what did we expect from a song that is written specifically for a movie in which they steal what is it Chuck Berry? Yeah. They're like a white dude Plays Chuck Berry And what, is like Your kids are gonna love it
1: Where a 17 year old boy Is best friends With a 70 year old man They go back in time And one of the most Probably the most Oh I mean there's also The thing of his mum Wants to hook up with him But like
0: That's upsetting The
1: The worst thing they do Is they imply That a white man Gave Johnny Be Good To Chuck Berry yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the that's the most problematic thing. That doesn't age the movie well. No, no. <laughs>
0: absolutely not. Um, so I think yeah, it's about as. Um, what's the opposite of tone deaf? Woke, tone woke. That'll do. It's about as tone woke as the entire musical premise of the movie itself. <laughs> mm. So it makes sense to me that like they don't get what the kids are into. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And well, I think that was a thing as well on the 80s was they had a big boom in popularity of like the 50s as mm, well. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was. So it was like, and I mean the movie, they go back into 1955 and yeah, I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah. I've run out of steam in terms of talking about it. Like I've run out of ideas. Um, but yeah, like I love the song. Maybe it's sort of like machine gun Kelly, like it's kind of dumb, but I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I wholeheartedly agree that this is just goofy. I think yeah. I don't think like I don't think when I think Huey Lewis in the news, I'm not thinking of a of, you know, up in the echelons of bands like No Led Zeppelin and, you know, like Rush or Queen or any like really sick rock bands. I think of like goofy bands like Devo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Randy Newman. You know.
0: Don't you dare?
1: I'm not going I was going to say Randy Newman wasn't a rock band, he was just a guy on a piano Okay, good.
0: <laughs> I thought you we were about to lapse into a Randy Newman impression I was about to shut off this recording and go to bed. Um no. At 6.41 <laughs> I'm...
1: We're already, we're already lapsing into our twilight years
0: <laughs> lo- Oh, absolutely I am Um, but yeah, I think That's the thing, Is like, this definitely has a spot in, like, pop culture But also, it's one of those sort of filler spots Yeah Like, yeah
1: Can I tell the story about when Dad showed me Randy Newman, though? I sure. won't sing Yes so when my father discovered YouTube, which was probably about five years after YouTube was, you know, around...
0: Yeah, because he had other shit to do. Leave him alone.
1: Uh, when he discovered that there was also music on it, he had a hankering to listen to Randy Newman's Short People. Yes. <laughs> and he calls me into the study and he's laughing, listening to Short People, and he just... He's like He's just waiting for me to get it Oh no And it never comes <laughs> <laughs> But in honour of him I did sing short people at karaoke the other week So You did Yeah
0: It was very funny
1: About as unfunny as the early November
0: hmm? You don't need money
1: Don't take fame
0: Don't need no credit card to write this Strong and it's sudden and it's cool sometimes, but it might. Um, segue.
1: So, would you like to take care of them?
0: Yes. So, the early November formed in 2001, and they hail from New Jersey. Uh, they signed to Drive Through Records with virtually no stage experience. However, they later moved over to Rise Records. They share space with other Punk Goes alumni, such as Crown the Empire and Dance Gavin Dance.
1: I meant for Rise Records.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 I was a bit confused there. Yeah. Sorry. That makes sense. That's all right. Uh, the lead singer and guitarist Arthur Ace Enders has a solo career and has released two studio albums under his own name.
1: That was about all I could really find. They're a really, they were a real milk toast kind of band.
0: I did also see that um, he has another like a side project called something. My God. Um, hang on. Da, 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 da.
1: I also just like that his nickname is Ace.
0: Yeah, it's pretty sweet, I guess. Yeah. Um. Oh come on.
1: But yeah, like he had. There was a Wikipedia page about him that I wouldn't be surprised if he wrote it.
0: Yeah, I was getting that feeling myself. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he also has another band called I Can Make a Mess Like Nobody's Business, which has since been shortened to I Can Make a Mess, uh, in which he is the lead musician, songwriter and co-producer, uh, and he's also released music under the name A-Senders and a million different people, which I'm interested to hear. It includes a cover of Bittersweet Symphony, which includes a bunch of other like cameos from other bands, so, like I think Mark Hoppus. Ah. is in it yeah um the dude from all time low what's his name alex gasgarth yeah like aaron marsh craig owens blah blah like it just sounds interesting yeah and the song raised proceeds for vh1's save the music foundation um yeah i don't know it I feel like he. It doesn't seem like he's been active since like twenty fourteen thereabouts. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I kind of get that. There's not much to report on about these guys.
1: Well, we hope you're doing good out there, Ace.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what do you think of this cover?
1: Hmm. You know, we talked about like the other one had like really good energy. Yeah. So yeah, is he is Ace, the Ace Man, trying to, like, put me to sleep with his voice for this one. Because it's pretty boring.
0: And it's just lo-fi. Yeah. Like, like I said to you off mic, like, I can picture this being on the soundtrack for the OC at some point. Yeah. Like, it's in the same vein as all those lo-fi covers of Wonderwall that came out in, like, the late... 2000s through 2010s.
1: It's funny, like, lo-fi covers of a famously acoustic song. Wonderwall.
0: That's not acoustic. Yeah, it is. It starts with acoustic. And then it just turns into, like, a full-on, like, pop song. Oh.
1: I thought it was only acoustic. (laughs) No. Because, like, every... every person who gets a guitar and then... then they get a capo...
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, here's he Wonderwall. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: the first thing they're learning yeah. from Wonderwall.
0: It just it has that same energy. And, like, this cover is fine. It just doesn't really um, do much for me.
1: I, yeah, I listened to their first album or EP, and it wasn't like this. It was very, um, it was sort of screamo-ish. Ah, um,
0: okay. Sweet.
1: And then when, when Punko's 80s came out in 2005, they didn't do anything between like 2002 to 2005, music-wise. Yep. According to Spotify. But then in the same year as Punko's 80s, they put out an acoustic EP. So I'm wondering if it was also kind of like, hey, listen to our acoustic EP. Right. Or whether he was just mad, whether Ace was just mad that he got Huey Lewis and was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it with an acoustic guitar.
0: I don't think that they get divvied out bands, though. That wouldn't make sense to me.
1: So you think that they choose? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. This would be something when we talk to someone from Fearless Records, that would be the first thing we ask. Or, if, you know, if we interview a band that's done one of these songs. Yeah. That would be one of the first things we ask. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think... I feel like that would be pretty mean to be like, hey, do this specific song. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, it's just... This is just very much, like, Ryan Adams' territory. Like, just that, let's do an acoustic cover of a song that is otherwise quite bombastic and, like, Mm -hmm. big to show how sensitive I am. Um, And, like, he does it well. Like, he's not coming across with, like, any sort of irony or anything, but it's still just kind of dull.
1: It's kind of interesting because I... I looked into, on, on the Fearless Records YouTube channel, they left the comments on, and about half were going, "Man, eh, this isn't really punk, and the other half going, oh, you know, if you know the early November, you know this is pretty fitting to what they right. do. yeah. And then, the early November also put this out on their channel, but the comments were disabled. Oh. <laughs> so, I wonder if they... They sort of just couldn't be bothered with hearing this isn't punk. Well,
0: that's like. I think we've pretty firmly established that, like, the punk bit in Punk Goes is very loose. Yeah. They play very fast and loose with what is punk for this entire endeavor, but. And that's fine because it's more a reflection of what was big in the quote scene at the time. Like, I remember hearing about these guys. I never listened to them, but it makes sense that they were picked to do this and they yeah
1: all these emo rock bands though like had acoustic songs in their albums like the getaway plan from melbourne oh, yeah. probably melbourne's biggest emo mm. band yeah you know would have their acoustic songs unless they were like terrific songs i was always skipping past those um I look, I'm not going to shit on it entirely. I do like the organ in this song. Yeah. It makes me feel like you know, Ace has put me to sleep with his singing. I've died and now I'm at my funeral. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know like, you know in like movies when someone dies and there's always just that like
0: Funeral dirge
1: Almost like like Shitty rendition Of Amazing Grace On the organ Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah But I do like that I do like that it's It does I don't know It sort of It adds something I guess almost like Somber about it like, Yeah So it's, it's kind of like The two halves Like the Huey Lewis half Is like How great is love Yes it can suck sometimes But I will take that risk And the early November side Of it is the yeah, I've been hurt by love. Yeah, and it sucks, and I'm and I'm in the sad state of it.
0: That's yeah, like it picks up on that sort of nuance, where yeah, like where the Huey Lewis one is like, but it's fine. Like this yeah. picks up on the, but it can suck. Yeah, but also, is it worth it as opposed to, but it's worth it. Like
1: Yeah, because yeah, like the, the guitar is is I I get the feeling is played in sort of like a minor key like it's not as it's not as it's not like a happy happy acoustic no. song yeah
0: yeah it's more contemplative yeah.
1: like, maybe, like it, I'm, maybe i'm starting to like it a bit more that i'm that now that i'm unpacking it i don't know i
0: think yeah like it's not one that i would listen to on repeat no um but it's an interesting exercise i guess like in reinterpreting it
1: it's so on spotify on the punkos 80s album it played before um, Straight Up, the Straight Up cover by Paula Abdul, and so that was always my palate cleanse. Yeah. After listening to that from Spotify, like I would then continue on to the Paula Abdul cover, and I'm like, alright, everything's alright again.
0: So good. The,
1: wor- the world has, has corrected itself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, like it does what it sets out to do. Um, it's a very like Seth Cohen brand of emo. And for the time, that would have been very well received. Yeah. If not, like... And people who didn't like it would have definitively not liked it. Yeah. Like...
1: Because this is kind of what I imagine, even though I've never listened to them, but if I was to to describe a band like Dashboard Confessional or yeah. Bright Eyes...
0: Yeah, I think... Because I've sort of been thinking about this while we've been talking, like... For me, what makes a good sort of folksy kind of project is it needs to have more behind it. Mm. Like, I think because this is so stripped back, it kind of risks being a bit of a snooze. Yeah. Like, Bright Eyes for me works because it's acoustic guitar plus, like, strings, plus rhythm section, plus, like, a bunch of different elements brought in to make something very earnest and heartfelt um
1: yeah i just i when i imagine bands like death Cab for cutie and that sort of thing like plain white tees like this is what i imagine mm. from them again have never have not listened i
0: Did- can fix that i have all those bands that you've talked about in my cd collection
1: that's right i can fix your lack of knowledge about gore Guts. sure yeah did you, when we were re-watching Parks and Recreation, did you catch the, um, what was his name that did Death Cab for Cutie? Ben Gibbon. Yeah, did you catch the Ben Gibbard joke at one point when Ron was selling his cabin and of course all these oh, yeah. just coming in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think April says something like, oh yeah, this is the place where Ben Gibbard kissed a man or something and got influenced to write something or <sighs> something. Oh Ben I
0: love Death Cab
1: So I feel like that's probably Enough talk about the early November Mm -hmm. Um, Kicking off other covers With a bit more energy again Yes We come back to I guess we've talked about them a few times now But Newfound Glory
0: cover's great again this is like what i would have pictured from a punk ghost cover had it been more my way like my vision but in saying that like this was done as part of their from the screen to stereo series so yeah
1: the third album
0: yeah like all of those albums are great yeah um yeah
1: we need to i i still think that if we ever do patreon like that can be exclusive episodes, yeah, just from the screen to the stereo, yeah, yeah. I'd like to do that. And that can be like shorter, like twenty minutes or something. But mm. um, yeah, this just and it just like it doesn't stray too far from the original, but at the same time, like it has a very distinct punk feel to it. Like even when it's after the dun, 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 in like the sort of bridge before the singing starts, yeah. And it's got that sort of like quickened like drum beat to yeah. it, yeah. And, and I feel like Jordan's vocals have matured a bit.
0: Yeah, you are saying they're less nasal. They are. Like... They
1: are less nasal. Mm. Yeah. Um. One thing about this, like, so they did a film clip for it, and it's pretty sort of standard, like nerdy kind of film clip. Um. One thing that I really can do without is singers who in film clips don't have microphones in their hand. Yeah. And I realised I go from talking about Downfalls High where the kid has a guitar and a microphone in his hand and now I'm saying singers who just, like, I just hate when they don't have one because they clearly look kind of uncomfortable, like they kind of don't know what to do with their hands.
0: I don't, I think I just sort of mentally, like, shopped in a microphone. I didn't notice he wasn't holding Mm. one.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Unless you're like, unless you're gonna do a sick dance routine or something like. Unless you're Britney Spears. I
0: mean, like he kind of just does heaps of sweet jumps and stuff.
1: Yeah, I guess he does.
0: Like a kind of moshy sort of. Mm. I don't know. They're definitely showing their age. Yeah, and like not in a horrible way. Like it's kind of cute, but it's also like, oh man, like I don't think I'd have that energy, and I'm only twenty
1: nine. I think. I mean they were always kind of a daggy band, but maybe yeah. I think I think they just need to embrace it even more now. Which that I, they think get they yeah, like, I think they are. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. But no, this is just this is sick. I um I was pretty excited to talk about this one. Yeah. Um I don't yeah, as I said, like it's it just sticks to the formula pretty pretty comfortably, but it just it adds that that sort of punk feel to it.
0: I think Newfound Glory remind me a lot of um like me first and the gimme give Like Yeah. They know how to treat a cover and it doesn't have to stray very far from the original in terms of how it's arranged, how they deliver it, but they give it that newfound glory like signature. Yep. Like you know what you're going to get and it hits the spot and it's good.
1: Yeah, they know their way around a cover. Yeah. Yeah. And Last but very not least, another person who absolutely knows their way around. <laughs> not a cover, but yeah.
0: So Neil Cicerega did, uh, used a sample of this song for his song No Credit Card on Mouth Sounds. Sound. Yeah. And it's just chaos. <laughs>
1: It's great for the first half. Yeah. And then... Because what does it go for? Like five minutes?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Then in the the other half, I'm like, okay, I get it.
0: (laughs) I think within the greater context of... Because I think Mouth Sounds... Like all of those Mouth series is... Like you're not necessarily supposed to listen to them track by track. It's just a big stretch of... Yeah. So within that context, when you've already been subjected to like don't know half an hour 40 minutes of
1: your brain's already fried
0: yeah Yeah. like this to me is like i've said before like this is my flow music because there's just enough going on in my brain that it sort of cancels everything out yeah and i just get into a really sweet spot where i can actually concentrate for once um but yeah when you do separate this from the rest of it i can see why it is grating yeah (laughs) but i just yeah I it's think, all
1: there, like, the work is there. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, no, I love it. Like, I just love that he picked probably the goofiest line and yeah. just hammers it in.
1: I... It doesn't go as far as I wanted it to to do, like, I would have... Even if it was, like, all of Huey Lewis's lyrics, or, like, bits were just don't need a credit card to ride this train but like in like the cadence that he does it all in but that would probably take so much work that
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: are you picturing like, like don't need no credit card to ride
1: yeah i can't even remember how he starts like yeah. how we like don't need a credit card to ride this train
0: right yeah
1: don't need a credit card to ride this train yeah yeah
0: that I don't know what I was doing. That wasn't correct. But, um, yeah. I don't know. It's good. It's funny.
1: We got distracted because our son has, uh, destroyed the roof of his house. <laughs>
0: so. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. I think that's, uh, the, the jewel, yeah, is simple for, uh, I think that's good.
0: Yeah. Well, look, in terms of recording, we've just passed the hour mark. Woo! So I'm. Ready to sign off and try again next time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you did good.
0: Um, but before we go, hell yeah or oh yeah nah? Uh,
1: definitely hell yeah for the original. And it is that thing of like, the more we talked about the cover, like I almost came like if we had recorded this a week ago. Yeah. I would have come in like white hot, just rage. Right. By like what they what they did with this song. But the more we talked about it And unpacked it I think it's a hell yeah from me Cool Yeah Like I probably won't ever listen to it again But it's like Just listen to it It's It's interesting
0: I think Yeah Definitely hell yeah For Huey Lewis and the News Even though Huey needs to just Calm down a bit Um And Within the context of like Fantasy football Like OC soundtrack Then yeah This gets a hell yeah as well
1: Yeah why not? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But can you tell us what we are going to look at next week?
1: So we are going to look at Jumper by Third Eye Blind, as covered by Bedlight for Blue Eyes. Mm-hmm. We uh, we're doing an eye themed episode next week.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, and that's
1: for Punk Goes Nineties. Sorry.
0: Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I don't have anything else to say. Do you have any words of wisdom for our listeners?
1: I was on the phone with my mother the other day, and I realised we don't really sign off. We just—it's just—it's just just when we realise that we're saying yeah a lot, we just sort of both go yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah.